Welcome to the Unfuck Your Health Podcast, where we get into all things training, nutrition, mindset, and help you unfuck your health. I'm your host, Brevin Jandrew. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Unfuck Your Health Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about one of the most common questions that I get, and that's, where should I start when I'm trying to lose fat or when I'm starting my fitness journey? We're going to go over the eight most important habits to have in check before you go into a fat loss phase. These things will make your life significantly easier if you are doing them, and they're going to make your life significantly harder if you're not doing them. So, before you start a fat loss phase, you should be doing these eight things consistently. And if you're doing that, fat loss will be a symptom of these things. But again, if you're not doing it, it's going to make it significantly harder. So let's dive into it. Number one is the inner work. This is your relationship with food, binge eating, emotional eating, self-sabotage, identity, mindset, these are at the core of why you actually struggle with fat loss. And if you attempt to lose fat without first having worked on your foundation and doing the inner work, you're going to have trouble staying consistent. Fill in the cracks first and consistency will follow. And consistency, again, is at the very, very core of are you going to have success or not? These things are going to make consistency either significantly easier or significantly harder. If you have a bad relationship with food or you're binge eating or emotional eating, it's going to be really hard to stay consistent for a long period of time. You're going to find yourself out of a deficit and not able to lose fat and trying to lose weight or, or go on to your fitness journey without having a good relationship with food first is only going to exacerbate those problems and make them more apparent and worse and happen more often. If you're self-sabotaging or having identity issues or mindset issues and you're attempting to lose fat, again, it's going to make it significantly harder for you to actually stay consistent. And again, when we talk about the, the fat loss hierarchy, consistency is at the very, very bottom of that. That is the most important thing. So many things can work. Every single diet can work, but you have to be doing it consistently. And these are the things that are going to make you inconsistent. Again, I, I wrote the entire blog article on this. Fat loss is more than a calorie deficit. And it's because it's a topic that I'm very, very passionate about. You have to have a calorie deficit to lose weight. That is not up for debate, but that is not the reason that you struggle. It's generally not your training or your nutrition or, or, or your willpower or anything like that. It's your relationship with food, binge eating, emotional eating, self-sabotage, identity, mindset. That is what actually causes you to struggle. And if you're constantly trying to pursue fat loss before you've worked on those things, before you filled in the cracks in your foundation, it's only going to make it worse and it's going to make it nearly impossible for you to actually stay consistent. So do those things first. That is number one. Number two is have a diet you can sustain long-term. And when we say the word diet, I think diet, diet culture, just that word dieting is so often misinterpreted in the fitness industry. A diet is just how you eat. Being Having a diet doesn't necessarily mean you're pursuing fat loss. Having a diet doesn't mean you're doing a specific fad diet like intermittent fasting, keto, Whole30, Paleo, Noom, Octavia. It's just the way that you eat. All diets can work because they create a calorie deficit, but they only work if you can actually stay consistent um, through doing that diet. Consistency is going to come through your enjoyment, flexibility, how well it fits your life, if you hate what you're doing, how you're eating, it's not flexible for your life. It doesn't allow you to actually enjoy things and it doesn't fit into your life. Well, it's probably not going to work then because you're not going to be able to stay consistent with it. 
unsustainable methods create unsustainable fat loss. So that's why so many people who try these fad diets, who try something like intermittent fasting, but love breakfast or try keto, but love carbs, um, or try Octavia or noon, but hate 1200 calorie diets and feeling like shit all the time. That's why they struggle because it's really, really hard to actually stay consistent while you're doing that. Um, so the biggest thing is is doing something that you can actually sustain long term. It's just finding a way that you actually enjoy eating. I think part of this is also having some core foods that you actually enjoy consuming. That doesn't mean that you have to eat the same foods over and over or you have to eat the same thing every single day. But if you want to lose weight consistently and actually create a result – there should be some core foods, some foods that are micronutrient dense, that are high in protein, that are are the quote unquote healthy foods that, that you normally see. You should have some of those in your diet. You should find some stuff that you like, that you enjoy, that you know how to cook well, and that you can make in many different ways. And that should be at the core of what you're doing. Again, that doesn't mean that you have to restrict anything from your life. That means that you should have some foods that you really enjoy and are a staple in your life. But at the end of the day, you have to have whatever style of eating works for you. For some people, doing something like intermittent fasting may work for you. If you have a schedule and it allows you to fit to that and you enjoy eating in that, great, do it. If you just absolutely hate carbs or you feel terrible when you eat them, great. Maybe keto works for you. For the vast majority of you listening to this, that probably isn't you. It's probably having some sort of flexibility in your diet that's going to allow you to go out with a significant other that's going to allow you to go to the graduation party or the birthday party or have a have a night out with a friend that's going to allow you the the flexibility to have the donut to have the piece of pizza to have the cookie every now and then um if you don't have those things if you don't have flexibility if it doesn't fit into your life if you're trying to take your puzzle piece and just jam it into everyone else's puzzle because maybe it worked for Karen down the road then it's probably going to cause you to struggle so take some time not dieting to actually figure out what you enjoy and how you can do this sustainably long-term. Because if you go into a diet and you try to do something like intermittent fasting or keto, it might work for a little bit because it's either creating a calorie deficit directly or indirectly, and you're going to lose a little bit of weight. But you're going to stall. You're going to plateau. You're not going to make progress. You might even gain weight back because you're not able to stay consistent with it. But if you were able to just take some time to find a way that you enjoy eating some of those staple foods, then all you have to do is eat a little bit less of that food. Again, that's a very, very dramatically, um, very, very dramatic, like easy way to do it. But that is it really at the end of the day is how simple it is, is, is breaking it down just like that. If you find a way that you enjoy eating, for the most part, when I'm eating either in a surplus at maintenance or in a deficit, I'm consuming generally the same foods. I have my core foods in a surplus. I'm eating a little bit more of them in a deficit. I'm eating a little bit less of them at maintenance. Again, it, it's really going to depend. But that's kind of the basic idea is, do I have the staple foods? Can I eat a little bit more of it? Can I eat a little bit less of it? Yes, that's going to put me into a calorie deficit or a calorie surplus. Now I can incorporate some of those more fun foods like the pizza or the cookie or, or whatever. And I know how to incorporate these things and go out and enjoy my life. Because at the end of the day, if you don't enjoy what you're doing or if you can't enjoy your life, then you're not going to stick with it. It's not going to be worth it to you. And you're not going to be able to be consistent. So you're not going to create that result. Number three is eating 0.7 grams per pound of body weight in protein. 
you need to be eating enough protein. It's going to help keep you full. It's going to help you build muscle. It's going to help maintain muscle mass while you're in a deficit. And it's going to help increase your metabolism. Now, that is a very, very small amount that is going to help increase your metabolism through your thermic effect of feeding. But I think it's at least worth noting that it does have some effect on it. Um, 0.7 is, is the minimum that you should be consuming. Um, but I would recommend closer to one gram per pound of body weight. Um, or more to see the most benefit. Or if you have um, 50 or more pounds to lose, I think using your goal body weight is, is a good um, number to use rather than your actual body weight. So that'll give you some more realistic numbers. But there are so many benefits to eating your protein, even outside of just fat loss or building muscle. Uh, but it also, it's going to help keep you full longer. And this is one of the hardest things for people to actually do. Part of it, I think, is people overcomplicate actually getting their protein in. But if you're trying to diet and you're trying to get more protein in and you're trying to do those things at the same time, it's going to be really hard. So again, this takes practice. It takes some effort. It takes some intentionality behind getting your protein in. It's a little bit easier to do while you're not pursuing fat loss. So while you're in a maintenance phase, you're doing these things, these habits, because then when you go into a fat loss phase, this is just part of your life. You're not also trying to get more protein. You're not also trying to do the inner work. You're not also trying to figure out, okay, how do I actually like eating what's actually sustainable for me? Because if you're trying to do those things at the same time as diet, it's just going to become really overwhelming and you're going to fall off. So eat your damn protein. If you guys are struggling with getting your protein in, um, just send me a message. Um, all my information is linked in the show notes and I have a protein guide. I might actually, I'll link it in the pro in the uh, show notes as well. Uh, my protein guide. So you go ahead, click on that, grab yourself a copy. It's got 50 plus protein options on there and tips on how to hit your protein goals. Next up is strength training. You should be lifting weights at least two to four times a week. And this is one of the most underrated things you can do on your fitness journey. The body you want is made by chasing numbers in the gym, not by chasing numbers on the scale. Um, and, and there are so many benefits to strength training, even outside of building muscle um, and strength or fat loss. There are so many benefits to longevity, overall health, and just being cool. Lifting weights is cool. So you should have, again, a strength training program that you're doing consistently. A lot of people, they try to diet themselves into the body they want to. They try to lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. They get to that, that what they thought was their goal weight, and they're still not happy with the, the body they have. They're like, well, this isn't what I thought I'd look like when I lost 40 pounds. And, and they lost 40 pounds, but they also lost 15 to 20 pounds of lean body mass. So have a strength training plan, not only to create the body that you want to, but just for overall health. Strength training is so important for so many things in your fitness journey. And honestly, strength training is for everyone. Every single person can benefit from some sort of strength training because again, it not only helps with fat loss, it also helps with just your quality of life. So if you guys want to start strength training, I also have the beginner's guide to strength training, which will be linked in the show notes as well. So grab yourself a copy of that. If you want to understand the training hierarchy, what you need to focus on and how to actually go through and create a training plan for yourself and start strength training. Number, I believe four is walk eight to 10,000 steps a day. No, this is not a magic number. Eight to 10,000 steps a day isn't magic, but for most people, it'll probably increase your step count, which is what we're trying to do. Trying to lose weight while you're sedentary is extremely hard. And there are so many health benefits, again, to, to moving more and sitting less. And that's what so many of us do all day long, especially working the nine to five in the office. You're sitting all day long. Get up 
and get moving. Again, walking eight to ten thousand eight to ten thousand steps per day isn't magic, but walking eight ten eight to ten thousand steps per day is probably going to get you up and moving a little bit more, which is going to be beneficial. It's going to help increase your metabolism again by a little bit, but again, worth noting when you're doing all these things, these small amounts of increasing your metabolism do add up to make a difference. Um, it's also, again, something that's really hard. People overcomplicate just like protein on getting your steps in. So if you're trying to diet, you're trying to hit your protein, you're trying to find a way that you like eating, you're trying to improve your relationship with food and you're trying to add steps in on top of that, it's going to get extremely overwhelming. So take the time to do this before, take the time to build this habit right now. And if you're someone who's like, Oh, I, I can't track my steps. I don't have an Apple watch or, or a Garmin or whatever. That's fine. I think a really beneficial thing to do here, or or if you're someone who's like, I'm at a thousand steps per day, how am I going to get to 10,000? You know, that's a great question. All I want you to do is increase your current step intake by 2000. So if you don't have a step counter, all I want you to do is go for a 30 minute walk every single day. That's going to increase your steps. Who cares how many exactly it's going to increase? Because at the end of the day, all we're going is for a small increase in your activity level because your activity level is going to play a huge part in how many calories you can actually consume um, and, and how many calories you can consume while you're in a deficit. Um, so it's going to allow you to keep calories a little bit higher while you're losing weight, which is extremely important for so many other things. But again, start slow. You can break that 30 minutes up into five-minute walks, 10-minute walks, two 15-minute walks. And then from there, you can slowly increase your step count. Um, but keeping a consistent step count is extremely important. And again, trying to lose weight while you're sedentary is really, really hard because you just have to drop calories super low. Can it be done? Sure. Is it fun? Probably not. So get your steps a little bit higher. Take the time to start with these habits first. Next up is sleep eight hours per day. Sleep is one of the silent killers of fat loss. Lack of sleep can make it extremely hard to stay consistent. So if you're someone who's only getting four to five hours of sleep, I'm sure you've understood this and you've seen it in yourself. Um, it's really hard to push off that thought of like, oh, I'll just go through the Taco Bell drive-thru instead of go home and cook or, or take the time to meal prep. You are going to make worse decisions around health, fitness, food, fat loss, exercise, it's probably going to lead to you skipping the gym. It's probably going to lead to you wanting to skip your walk. It's probably going to lead to you um, not doing some of the other things you need to do. So is sleep inherently going to make you fat? No. But what it does, it makes it really hard to stay consistent with all of your other habits. And, and this, is, this is some of the low-hanging fruit. Instead of staying up until midnight watching your favorite Netflix show, which trust me, I get. Some of them are so binge-worthy. But try to get a consistent sleep-wake time. And some of the low-hanging fruit to help make this happen is to improve your sleeping environment, which means stop watching TV before you go to bed. Stop laying in bed and watching TikTok for an hour. Well, no wonder you can't go to sleep and you're struggling to, to get asleep. Um, so improving your sleep environment is, is cutting screen time like 30 to 60 minutes before you go to bed. It's making sure you're in a dark room. It's making sure that you're in a cool room. It's making sure that you're comfortable. It's doing these small things. Um, I think something like a, a hot shower before you go to bed or journaling before you go to bed, just kind of get those thoughts from kind of abstract thoughts in your head to concrete thoughts on paper. Um, doing some of those things. It doesn't have to be a long routine, but doing a few things to get 
get yourself ready to go to bed. Having a consistent sleep wake time is just some of that low hanging fruit on your fitness journey. Some of those things that we talk about that like you have to give time, effort, and sacrifice if you want to lose weight and lose weight and actually keep it off. This is some of the things that you can do. It's cutting one episode of your Netflix show from your nighttime routine and trying to get to bed just a little bit earlier. It's going to make it so much easier to actually stay consistent. The second half of the silent killers to fat loss is stress. So stress management is something you should really have um, taken care of before you try to go into a fat loss phase because chronically increased stress, just like chronically losing sleep, can lead to chronically elevated cortisol levels, which can negatively impact your metabolism. Increased stress, stress, just like sleep, can also make it really, really hard to stay consistent. And again, if you're someone who has a high stress lifestyle, I'm sure you've seen this in yourself where you have those really hard days and it it's those days where you say, fuck it, I'm not going to the gym or fuck it, I'm going to just eat that piece of pizza that turns into five or six pieces of pizza or the binge or the emotional eat because you're not having these stress management techs and techniques. You need to have some good stress management techniques and capabilities because being in a deficit can lower your ability to actually handle your stressors. So you have to have ways to manage these. Meditate, journal, walk, call a friend, play with a dog, whatever's going on, whatever's going to allow you to de-stress. And, and one thing I like to do with clients is I'll tell them to pick 10 different techniques or 10 different things that help actually de-stress them that vary in time. So you always have something to choose from. So going on a walk might take 30 minutes. Calling a friend might take an hour if you like to talk, might take five minutes. Petting a dog or playing with your dog outside may take five to 10 minutes. Reading a book, going to take a bath or a shower. I want you to pick five to 10 things that vary from like under 10 minutes to over an hour. Now, no matter where you're at, you can take something off that list and do it. If you're in a time crunch, you have the five minute thing. If you have all the time in the world, then you have the 60 plus minute thing. So it gives you some options on what you can do for, for de-stressing a little bit. And at the end of the day, it's really hard to pour into any cup, anyone else's cup, let alone your own cup, if you're pouring from an empty cup. So if you're not taking time to actually take care of yourself, if you're not taking time to do things for you, it's gonna make it really hard and overwhelming and, and impossible to stay consistent. It's at the end of the day, that's what these things are. That's what these habits are, is helping you stay more consistent in a fat loss phase. And again, it's not sexy. It's not the hot thing. It's not five ways to increase your metabolism, to lose 30 pounds in 30 days. I would love to give you that, but it doesn't exist. So you have to do these things to actually stay consistent. If you can do that, these things make fat loss. Fat loss becomes a symptom of these habits. Our last one here is eating at least 15 grams per 1,000 calories of fiber. Fiber is extremely important. It's going to help keep you full. It's going to help with your gut health and your bowel movements. And fiber has also been linked to longevity um, and just higher quality of health and living. So making sure that you're eating your fiber, again, just like with protein, 
it takes intentionality. It takes practice. It takes a little bit of time to learn how to increase your fiber goals. So do that before you jump into a deficit. Because if you try to do these eight things before you start fat or while you're also trying to do fat loss and, and be in a fat loss phase, it's going to make it extremely hard to do them. And this is where I see so many people struggle as they jump straight into a fat loss phase. This is why these things are what we focus on during the first phase of um, when I work with a one-on-one -on -one coaching client. This is the very first thing we do. It's not pursue fat loss because the harder we pursue fat loss without having these things, the harder fat loss becomes. But if we nail all these things down and we get a good consistent routine with these things, fat loss becomes a symptom of these habits. So the very first thing I do with every single one of my clients is focus on the inner work, is focus on finding an eating structure that they can sustain long-term, is working on eating your protein, eating your fiber, getting a lifting routine, walking more, sleeping eight hours a day and improving your sleep quality and stress management techniques. We work on these things because they are so important. This is where you need to start for fat loss. If you are struggling to lose fat um, and you've done all of these other diets and, and name another diet that, that starts with these things. There's not another one out there. And that's exactly why what we do is different and why we do this and why it creates results. If you do keto or intermittent fasting or Whole30, Paleo, Noom, Octavia, these things tell you how to lose weight, but they don't tell you about the habits you need to lose weight and keep it off consistently. And they don't tell you how to maintain your weight loss long-term. These things allow you to lose weight efficiently and effectively, and to actually maintain that weight loss long-term. They make your fat loss phase significantly easier. So take the time to work through these habits. Take the time not dieting to focus on these eight habits. And I promise you, your next dieting phase becomes significantly easier and more successful. You won't have those times where you're struggling nearly as much. And I'm not saying that fat loss isn't going to be hard. Again, it still takes time, effort, and sacrifice, but it's going to take so much less time, effort, and sacrifice if you have these eight habits in check first. That is all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. If you have any questions, as always, click the link in the show notes, send me a message, and let's talk about it. I will see you guys on the next episode of the Unfuck Your Health Podcast. As always, I want to thank you for listening to the Unfuck Your Health Podcast. If you enjoy the show and find it helpful, I'd love it if you would share it on your story so I can thank you for listening and leave a five-star rating review to help the podcast grow and allow me to impact more lives. As always, feel free to reach out with any questions or anything and anyone that you want to see on the show. Thanks again for listening to the Unfuck Your Health Podcast.